Yo, yo, it's me, the boy, here for another episode of All About the Artist. We're here today in Southern Light Studio with a very special guest, Miss Brooke Washer. Brooke, we appreciate you for being here and can't wait to get to know a little bit more about you. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here today. I've really looked forward to this. Um, thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, we appreciate you. Brooke, tell us a little bit more about yourself. So, obviously, I'm Brooke Washer. Um, I am from Panama City Beach, Florida. I have been playing music professionally uh, for the last eight years, going on eight years now, not completely in eight full year, eight years, but getting very close. And um, I graduated from Florida State University, go Knowles. I don't have currently another job that has to do with my degree. I do everything full-time with my music, and I'm very, very grateful and blessed to be able to say that. But music's definitely a huge part of my life, and I can't um, think of what it would be like to have a life without music in it. <laughs> awesome. Hey, Beach Baby, how is the beach life? In Panama City Beach? Panama City Beach. Um. It's home. It's home. Honestly, I moved away for a little bit, and I quickly realized whenever I moved back that I took it for granted a lot, and I really don't go to the beach that much, but it's really nice to sometimes take a drive down whenever you know you want to clear your mind or just go the scenic route for whatever reason. I hear that. It's there. <laughs> I hear that. So do you have family that lives around the beach, or are you the only one around the beach? So in this area, it's me and then five minutes down the road, my parents and then my grandma, she lives with them. And uh, that's pretty much the only family I have here. And then there's my best friend, Sierra. She's basically family. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what is it like you at your mom's every day or you just hang out at your house? So since she lives only five minutes away, it's super convenient and I... Not saying the only reason I go over there is to eat food or because <laughs> she cooks really awesome dinners, <laughs> but um, I am welcomed over there and I love my parents and I have a really close relationship with both of them and my grandma and also growing up, my grandma didn't always live with my parents until my grandfather had passed away about four years ago, um, but she now it's really nice to be able to spend time with her just because she wasn't always so close growing up she lived five hours away so i try to like take her to go get pedicures and like okay. my parents and stuff like we hang out a lot and i'm really close to them <laughs> okay well that's good sorry first and foremost rest in peace to your granddad you. um so do you have a spouse no <laughs> oh, Lord. that is a hard no why hard no <laughs> Um, I'm just working on me and working okay. on myself, you know, well, there is a few specific reasons. I don't really want to get into all that. Oh, but, but get, we, I think we, I want to know. <laughs> there's just, <laughs> you know, sometimes I went through a really toxic experience whenever I was younger oh. with another person. It was like my first real relationship or whatever, whenever you live with somebody and things kind of change up whenever you live with someone because you see their true colors and you're with them every day. And then, um, Kind of found myself in another toxic, wasn't as toxic, but toxic is toxic. So you can't really compare like one toxic situation to the <laughs> yeah. other, you know, it's yeah. just, it's still toxic. So uh, I fell into a couple of those and quickly fell out of them. Not the first one took me a while, but um, it was definitely a journey. And I think it has played a huge role in my life and my music career <laughs> and the creativity behind my writing. Okay, okay. So 
obviously no kids no no kids no you want kids. kids definitely one day i would love to have kids like i honestly can't wait to have kids of my own one day and a huge family because i'm an only child so i didn't grow up with siblings and i'm also the youngest in my entire family so my parents are the babies and then i'm the baby of all the grandkids so it's just me like you know and um i really want a big family one day so no kids right now but definitely one day for sure okay what was a lot growing up as only kid Oh, man. You know, there's so many different uh, stigmas that people (laughs) put on only children. Um, I was very spoiled. (laughs) Very spoiled. I ain't nothing wrong with it. You know, I I was a little bratty at times, but definitely I was a good kid. I never, like, cried and complained at, like, restaurants and stuff. And, like, my parents always just made sure that I was very, like, always taken care of. And, like, despite even stuff, you know, hard times that they were going through, like, they always just made sure to put me first at the end of the day. And I'm I'm surprised I'm not, like, a full-blown narcissist, <laughs> you know? Um, but I'm very, very – I'm fine. I like to think that I'm a humble person. And um, I'm very, very grateful for – not being a narcissist and I'm grateful for my parents you know my mom actually couldn't physically have any more kids so Uh she calls me her miracle baby Uh and even I was supposed to come out I don't know exactly what was supposed to be wrong but whenever I'm not sure what the test is called but whenever doctors uh, check out pregnant women you're Uh like going through like your regular checkups they did this test where they like stuck something in to like test um, the sac like the amniotic I'm not going to say that word, but fluids. Yeah. yeah. So they did the test and it came back and it was like, Oh, like she might, it's very potential that she might have this, 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 or this wrong with her. But this was 1997 too. So it's like, it wasn't, all the technology that we have nowadays either you know like it was 50 years ago <laughs> i know but still but like nowadays like it's just crazy, yeah, crazy. technology you like look at a sonogram picture and you're like is that actually real like it right. looks like somebody like printed it out right. <laughs> like off of like a computer <laughs> well thank god you made it thank god you're here you know so pets no pets you got any pets yes i have two pets i am a cat mom Come on. Yes. What's the names? Sunny and Rosie. Sunny and Rosie. Who's yes. the good and who's the bad? Well, they kind of like, <laughs> they switch it up. They switch it up on me sometimes, you know, but both of them are great. I don't want to just out, you know, one of them like that. But Sunny is a, such a love bug. He's a little orange tabby. Rosie is a little gray tabby. Super sweet. But I actually found Sunny, um, like, in I think it was 2018 and it was really really cold out I was at this construction site and I found him and I saw somebody dumping him out of a bucket and I instantly knew I was like I'm going to give you the best life ever and he just looks like a little ball of sunshine because he's so orange and cute and then Rosie for the longest time I called her my Craigslist kitty because my ex had brought her home because I guess he was like jealous because <laughs> I, I gave the sunny like more attention so he was like i got a cat surprise and that's rosie you know i take care of her but i feel like i could not have one without the other like they are besties and it's so great they get along 
Okay. Appreciate Did it. you have any pets as a kid? Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. And what's crazy is I grew up actually with dogs, and I always thought I was like such a dog person until I became a cat mom and have cats of my own. And I love dogs. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I grew up with like labs, so like really, really big dogs, but I also grew up with cats. And I also used to have a pet rat. Rest in peace, Dory. <laughs> I really miss him. He was so smart and so sweet. A rat? Yeah. A rat. He was like a little black and white rat. His name was Dory. Like, So originally I thought he was a female. And then um, he kind of developed in a couple of days. And we were like, he is definitely a male. So Dory is still the name. Stuck. I named him after Finding Nemo. Love that movie. But... No, he's a really sweet rat, and okay. he was really smart. Okay, shout out to Dory. I love animals. I'm, I'm an animal person, too. So early on, was there any struggles that you faced as a kid? Um, In particular, probably most was just, like, bullying. And I feel like, yes, a lot of people do experience bullying and stuff like that. But like, there was a point in my life where in middle school it was so bad that the people that were bullying me, they rode my bus and they lived in my same neighborhood and at one point I had to transfer schools because wow. it was so bad. Like they would spit gum in my hair what? and like people would make fun of me for like liking to sing or, you know, and, like whatever, like whether they thought I was good or not at that age, like who really cares? You know, like I feel like when you're kids, like especially like people say like, Oh, kids are going to be kids, but no, like this was not, this was bullying. It was straight up and it was just so rude. They would like follow me home from school and like just harass me and wow. stuff. So I finally like switched schools. But, um, basically what I'm trying to get to is I don't think that I'd be like as much of a wholesome person as I am now, if it wasn't for being bullied and stuff. And it was just about stupid stuff. Like I had like acne at a young age, you know, but like they would, say stuff in class and be like oh like does that hurt you know like does yeah. acne hurt and it's like clearly i'm the only one in here I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know? but yeah. like it's what's crazy though is the people that did bully me they actually apologized i think it was my sophomore year i was at some high school party and i remember i was walking in the parking garage to my car and they stopped me and he was like hey like i just want to let you know like all those times that I said this, this, and this, like, I, I feel really bad and I'm really sorry for it. So, you know what, like, forgive and forget, like, it's all good, but I feel like it made me a better person, which is crazy to say, but it just goes to show that you can rise above it, you know? Right. So, Brooke, how did you get through the bullying stage? You know, how did you get to that? I was, I spent a lot of time alone whenever I was a kid and just because my parents both worked, you know, full time, mm -hmm. normal jobs. So whenever I would get dropped off in the bus, I'd come home for a couple hours and chill by myself. So I would have a lot of free time. And in that free time, I would always either be singing or dancing or writing songs. Or I had like a karaoke machine in my room and that stuff was so fun and so cool to me. And I would just always be in like, a creative space and I've always kind of done that like I I think from that whenever social media started kind of erupting in middle school at least like for whenever I was introduced to it I started kind of posting on there and um, I probably shouldn't have been on social media at such a young age but uh, really really helped you know with putting myself out there and not being afraid to put myself out there I would make um, YouTube videos in my room and then at one point um, 
I wasn't in school just because I um, had to take a leave of absence and I had like a tutor and stuff that was coming to my house because I was really, really sick and I had like several surgeries. So um, when I was kind of being like homeschooled for a little bit, I was just making YouTube videos in my room and I really hope they're not still out there. <laughs> oh, I'm not really fine. sure if they are. <laughs> But um, it's really funny. I just remember doing that and how much that made me happy. And it didn't matter, you know, what other people think, thought, because I've always wanted the same thing <laughs> since I was a kid. I have always wanted to do the same thing. Like if you were to ask three year old me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I would say rock star or probably either that or Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> like I just have always music has just always been a part of my life. And um also listening to music i think listening to music is really powerful too like there's a song for everything um whenever i was being bullied on the bus you know like i would just put my headphones in like whatever i got gum in my hair it's fine <laughs> like we'll, we'll we'll figure out how to handle all this and resolve it. i'm just gonna put my headphones in and go home and like too like also like i feel like whenever you're a kid i don't know if other people did this but like whenever you put your headphones in and you would look out the window and you would like, you would just pretend like you're a part of the song like, in a music video. Like I used to do that all the time. And like, to me, I don't know if that's just how I would like comfort myself or yeah. like if that's just me, yeah. I don't know what it is. So pretending to be a rock star got you through the, yeah. Fake it till you make it. Fake, fake it till you make it. Hey, that's a good one. That's a good one. So, during as a kid who was the most influential person in your life definitely my parents but if this was like music related it would definitely be my grandfather um which is on my mom's side and it's my mom's dad and my pop pop and he passed away he's the one that i mentioned earlier he passed away four going on five years ago which is so crazy to think about but uh, i would pick him just because he played guitar too and oh, really? it was really, really cool um, because that was something that he was passionate about. But full time, he was a softball coach, baseball coach. He was always like at the baseball field, like doing all kinds of stuff, going to championships, you know, and he would always be doing stuff on the ball field. And whenever I finally started picking up the guitar and singing at about nine or ten, I remember I had finally I had five lessons and I my guitar teacher had to up and leave like he just he had a family emergency I think is what it was and like he was like you know like just stick to it like you got it and I had five lessons didn't still didn't know how to sing and play at the same time so I taught myself how to sing and play and then I finally you know had the balls to show my like my family like hey like I can do this yeah. you know like I could actually do this and I only knew a few chords at the time but I would just play in my room every day and I finally showed it to my granddad one summer because I used to visit with my grandparents all the time we'd go there Christmases Thanksgiving summer vacation spring break always went there and um I finally brought my guitar and I played it for him and my cousins and him like they were just like all shook because they were like what like like you're a cousin like what like no way you know but it was cool because my granddad i learned a lot about him through music um and just a lot about himself and what he could have done potentially as a musician because at one point um rca had asked my granddad to sign with them and he told them no oh hey 
Yes. <laughs> this was a very long time ago. This was at like the Fontainebleau, my mom said, in uh, Miami, Florida. Well, why? I don't know. He was just too humble of a man. I don't know. Like you just, you didn't, I don't know. Enjoy really softball know. more? He just didn't really want the whole like fame and lifestyle to come with it. But he's also a songwriter. And I feel like back then, like there weren't really songwriters now behind the music where you can write for someone and you don't have to sing the songs. Right. Back then it was like, oh, you write and you sing, you know, right. and like you perform your own music. And um, for him, I just think maybe he just didn't want all the fame and fortune with that. But he was very flattered. Very, very flattered. Unbelievable. So, so you said he coached softball. Was that high school, Little League? So he coached um, high school. He's coached. So he's actually coached since my mom was in school. Like, oh, was I thought you were your mom's, mom's coach. She was my mom's, uh, he was my mom's high school football coach. Oh, okay. So he so was a football at the, coach. Actually. Yes. Okay. My, okay. Sorry if I worded that. <laughs> okay, I, I was like, about to say, wow, your mom's a player, huh? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> she so, cheered. <laughs> she cheered. Okay. Okay. So as he he coached softball at her. Mm -hmm. He coached there. He also coached um College of Central Florida, which is located um at CCF in Ocala, Florida. No way. Yeah. I know where that is. Yes. He no coached way. there. He was an assistant coach um with Kevin Fagan and um a few others. So he coached there for a really long time and um he even his last days were on that ball field. Like he oh, would not wow. miss a game, and he knew every single thing about every single one of those girls. You know, he was very in tune with their emotions and what they were going through. And I think one of my favorite things about him is how spiritual he was. And whenever um, he was here and like with us, he uh, would always write in his journal. And I aspire to be more like that because <laughs> I wish I could just get up every day and write in a journal and just know what to say. But what's cool is like my grandmother still has the journals that he had wrote like years, like just years worth of journals. And what's wow. cool is like you can literally go and flip to a page and I'll think back to like, oh, like my birthday or like Christmas, the time that we talked and you flip to the page and he journaled through that day Aww. of like how the conversation was. They're like, oh, Brooke's not doing too good today. You know, I'm really thinking of her and including her and her mom, my prayers and, you know, just stuff like that. It's really sentimental and sweet and nice to reflect back on. But I definitely aspire to be half the person that he was. Wow. What was it like reading those? Um, Very emotional. And I feel like it was... It almost helped the grieving process, though, in a way, just because it gave me like a sense of knowing that he is proud of me and that like before he left, like he know he <laughs> knew that um, that I was going to be good and that I was going to stick to what my plan was going to be, because I think the most um, the most upsetting part for me is like right before he had passed, I was not. It, I personally was not in a good time in my life. And like, this is what I was smoking cigarettes. Okay. Like, oh, like, God. like me, like you look at me, and you're like cigarettes. Like she smoked. No, like I had quit cold Turkey, but I was just going through a really stressful time in my life. And, um, I think for me, after reading all of those kind of gave me the inspiration and extra oomph to get up off my tail. And instead of complaining about like how my life is just so awful and, actually be appreciative of what is ahead of me and what I can do to turn everything around and like I 
from that, I lost like a ton of weight. I started going to the gym a lot more, eating better. And I just committed to this whole lifestyle change where I wanted to better my life for myself because I knew at that time the life that I was living was not healthy at all. And that lifestyle was? Eating Taco Bell every day, not going to class, uh, drinking excessive alcohol. And you know what's bad when you go to the doctor and um, they like ask you, they're like, so how many times a week do you drink alcohol? How do you, Are you a smoker? You know, whatever. And like I went to this urgent care and I guess like I had been there before and the lady asked me, she's like, so are you still drinking? <laughs> I can't even say it. It's so bad. Are you still drinking three to four times a week? And I was like, oh, me? Like, she got the wrong girl. Oh. Like, she, I know she's not talking about me, but no, I'm not drinking three to four times a week. But that was just because I was like 21 and 22 and like I was going out with my friends every night and just being a 21 year old. But you know, the fun has to come to an end sometime and you just got to know when to have fun and cut that button off on and off. Yeah. Did you tend to lean on on the alcohol and everything during the passing of your grandpa? Mm, yes and no, just because after my grandfather, like I know I said that I like quickly like bounced back, but it wasn't really as quick as it sounds uh that was kind of after i was in a really vulnerable state after my grandfather had passed and i moved um back home i was going to school out of state and things just weren't going well i was in a bad mental health spot so i came back home and that's whenever my grandfather passed and then after that i kind of ended up in a not so good relationship and was with this person for almost two years and um that two years like is a long time to be with somebody especially if they're not good to you and they don't treat you good and I think whenever I was still grieving with my grandfather and I was in that relationship I would constantly ask myself every day like do you really think he'd be proud right now you know of like your actions and the choices you're making and the people that you're choosing to hang out with and surround yourself with and it just really dawned on me for a long time and I decided to finally do something about it and within that two years is really whenever I started to finally realize that like hey like if you want better then you will do better you know like you have if you want to you you will right. and that's what I did okay so if you could if you could leave a message for your granddad right now if you could talk to him right now what would you say oh that's such a good question um i guess i would just say that i uh i hope the view is really awesome where he's at and um, i hope that i'm making him proud down here and um, i'm going to continue to and I promise one day I am going to open up your songs and look at them and try to recreate them with my own style because my mom has been begging me to do that for the longest time. And I feel like sometimes I do still grieve him. And um, a big part of that is like he, he was a really great songwriter and he literally has just stacks and stacks of songs sitting upstairs in my mom's, um, well, my dad's office, um, but the guest bedroom in my parents house and 
they're just sitting there and they're by, right by his guitar case and stuff. And I just haven't brought myself to open it yet. I think I'd be good to now and I really should, but it's just another thing that's kind of dawned on me. Maybe since it's dawned on me, I'll do it sooner than later. But, um, I promise I'm going to look at those really soon. So that's what I'd say. Okay. <laughs> and I love you and miss you so much. And we're taking care of grandma. So, <laughs> you go. so Brooke, what is it that got you into music? Well, I would say it all started in the womb. <laughs> Not to get all technical, but my um, my mom said that whenever she was pregnant with me, she would put headphones on her belly and it would be classical music. And she said I'd always kick and I really liked it. And then whenever she finally had me, I was obsessed with music. I actually started talking at six months old. What? I literally said my first word, Dada, at the table at six months old, which is crazy because when you think you're like a six month old, and like that sounds crazy. I don't know what, no, but what? I swear, ask my mom, like ask everyone who was at the Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> six months old? Yes, it was at okay. Thanksgiving. It was either Thanksgiving or Christmas. I don't know, whatever, six months away from my birthday. But yeah, so I started talking at six months old. Um, and then as I got older, my mom, you know, just like any other mom, she let her kid try something until it stuck. And I tried sports, but I wasn't the most athletic. I was very clumsy, very, very clumsy. I was definitely the person that teachers always joked about putting in bubble wrap. And we're like, oh, we're just going to put you in bubble wrap. Like, it's not even funny anymore. But no, I um, was pretty clumsy. So I did gymnastics and stuff for a little bit. Um, but music wise, uh, so I did dance and my friends and I, I always wanted to do like cheerleading and stuff, but I didn't really like, I wasn't that great at the tumbling part. So we would just make up dances and we would like form our own like little teams and stuff. And, um, from that, my friends and I would always, whenever they'd come over, we'd always sing karaoke because I mentioned the karaoke set in my bedroom and I was in chorus whenever I was in the fourth grade. I'm pretty sure I tried out in third grade and I didn't make it because I kind of had like stage fright or not really stage fright, but just um, whenever I got up in front of the judges or whatever, the teachers, I just kind of chickened out a little. But um, the next year in fourth grade and fifth grade, I was in chorus. I also was hand selected to be in show choir. So we oh, had, wow. um, which is, yeah, I don't know if you know like a difference between like chorus versus show choir, but typically chorus is um, going to be like your larger performance and then show choir are usually people that are selected specifically to sing and dance at the same time and um, usually they are judged differently whenever you go to competition so there's different uh, different um, categories for that so what was what was choir like so <laughs> chorus or show choir like Actual show choir. choir. So show choir was a lot of fun. Um, it actually gave me the courage to audition for our school talent shows. And I remember from that, I was actually in a school talent show. I sang um, a few different songs in like fourth and fifth grade. Um, but I also did a lot of chorus performances and show choir performances. But with show choir, it was really cool because the dancing and the singing was a whole different level because in regular chorus, it's just kind of hand movements and gestures and in yeah. show choir, like you're actually like utilizing the space and stuff, which is cool and it's fun. But yeah, from then, um, my chorus teacher at the time, he was like, you know, if you really want to pursue music, you've got to learn an instrument. And I just 
found something that I liked. I always really liked the guitar and I always took an interest to it. So found some local lessons and at the time I only had about five lessons and really took it upon myself to learn and teach myself more chords. And once I kind of like proved to my parents, not that I ever had to win over like my parents or anything, you know, like my parents always believed in me, but like once they like, you know, they realized that, oh, like she's not afraid to put herself out there, you know, and like I, I started entering myself in competitions and my, you know, just posting videos to the internet and just seeing how stuff like that would do. And, um, it really, really was uh, helpful because then, um, fast forward several years later, um, you know, doing all that same stuff, but I got to high school, I, YouTube was a really, really big part of, um, why I think that it has really helped push my career to where it is now because at the time in high school I was posting cover songs and I would just whenever you post to YouTube you post a video you have these tags it says tags it's like essentially hashtags but basically whenever you type in those tags anybody that looks up anything it doesn't even have to like be remotely like what is in the video you know it could be anything random or anything that's trending so anytime somebody looks that up your video is instantly something that comes up as an option to them and they can redirect to it. So that's kind of what I would do. And I would just, you know, I was really young. I didn't really know what I was doing, um, but that's kind of the beauty of it. I didn't know what I was doing. And at the same time, it was really cool because whenever I would post, I had a couple of videos that just went like absolutely viral, you know, and um, I think my whole account, I haven't really done the whole YouTube thing in a while, which I really want to get back into. It's something I really would like to do, but I think my overall account had like definitely over a quarter of a million views, which is pretty cool to say that I was like 14, 15 years old, you know, so it was definitely an accomplishment. But from then, um, producers and talent agents and casting companies from shows like America's Got Talent, The Voice, American Idol, um, all contacted me. And from the age of about 15 to... 20 i had several callbacks no way yeah so like um sorry i had to think about that but it wasn't until about 20 so about for five years i would just you know i'd post youtube and they would contact me it wasn't really necessarily me going out of my way to audition or anything they would just kind of contact me and be like hey um we really love your videos we think you'd be a really good fit would you like to come out to like a private location and audition um ahead of the line it's basically a callback and a lot of people don't realize for those shows you have several 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 callbacks before you get to the celebrity judges that you see on TV um, but it was a really fun experience and I was really really young whenever it happened and I remember the first piece of advice one of the producers had gave me was I need to build my confidence and at that time I hadn't really been um, playing live gigs or anything like that I was just kind of you know like singing at my uh american or american sorry <laughs> american singing the national anthem at football games and singing um at different events and stuff like that as much as i could but it wasn't to the point where i was doing it on my own and like i am now and that's kind of how i got to this next point where i now am making a living by it and doing what i love and it pays my bills and i just have a freaking blast doing it and um, when I was 17, my last job was being a hostess at a restaurant. And I'll just give you like a funny little story about that. Uh, I know I'm sorry. I know I'm talking a lot. But, not, um, go ahead. Go ahead. This 
guy that would come in, his name is Jay Smith, and he's also like another local singer songwriter. But he's also like had a lot, a lot of history with music, and he would come and sing every Thursday night, and he would always joke with the hostesses and be like, "Okay, like." Do y'all sing, you know? And they'd always be like, no. But, like, whenever I started working there, like, hey, like, she sings. She sings. And I was like, heck, yeah, I sing. Like, give me the microphone. <laughs> like, when we're on a wait, like, I was, like, the head host at one point. I remember it was just so busy. And I would, like, be singing. We'd always sing Need You Now by Lady Annabella. <laughs> and he'd be like, all right. Like, he finally gave me the microphone. It was a Sennheiser microphone. He was like, Stevie Nicks has the same one. And he was like, you know, I'm just going to give it to you because it sounds so much better when you sing in it. And that was the first oh, wow. microphone. Yeah. It was the first microphone that I ever like gigged with up until you know like it still works and everything but it's always good to have backup and now I kind of sing into another one but it's still that's my backup mic now so sweet little story (laughs) so when did you start gigging I started gigging when I was 17 years old um I at the time had a vocal coach and she was the best in the whole world she is the best in the whole world she her and her husband um they don't give lessons or anything anymore but at that time they had this business where they would mentor kids and help them and um i had actually met her prior when i was 14 um, and i had auditioned for a local um music uh school thing it was uh bay arts alive and i was a part of that but she was my mentor for that and then three years later she had contacted me and was like hey you know like we kept in contact and she was like my husband and i are finally have enough time to where we want to make this you know a business and we would love to have you if you're interested as one of our students and she's classically trained um just absolutely amazing shout out jenna nagy i absolutely love this woman to death she molded me and has helped every single thought that pops up in my head about music that's music related and stylist stylistically related when it comes to music is because of her she really helped shape the way that i think about music and how i approach it because she would help me get ready for all of those auditions and callbacks that i had with um those shows but um i definitely i started gigging um when I was 17 and I had her to help me. And then, um, she was the first person she put me in, uh, contact with somebody cause her and her husband were part of a band called Masculine Cargo. It was just the two of them. And at that time they had some gigs and they were like, well, if you want to get started, cause you know, I would always ask her, like, Miss Jenna, like, how do I get to a point where like you and your husband are? And she was like, well, you know, I could, I think you're good enough. Like you're at that point. If you want, I could put you in the right direction, you know, and hopefully like refer you to refer you to somebody local. And that's what she did. And from then it just, I was able to sing, um, for, uh, paradise adventures. Um, it was like a local, um, basically like it's a 52, it's a 52 foot catamaran and i would sing live music on this boat every friday night yeah and it was a lot of fun i did it for about four years i want to say but that was it wasn't i don't think it was like my first first gig um it was my first first gig i think was acme ice house in 38 and that place isn't even there anymore but that was amazing itself but i had those gigs kind of back to back because i'm not even really sure how that one came about but it was really just word of mouth and people knew that I have been wanting to do this for a really long time and 
I was just really networking and asking and not being afraid to um, put yourself out there. And at one point, it was kind of crazy because I remember going to different restaurants and bars and handing out my business cards and like, you know, people would be like, oh, great, like whatever. And then and I would never hear from him again. But then fast forward five years later, the manager is calling me, asking me to come play and like what my rates are. So it's, it's crazy. You know, I really um, I'm really, gra- really glad that I was able to make a name for myself at a young age and um, continue to do so throughout the years because um, it's definitely working. And um, I think with the gigging, it, the gigs now, I've gotten, they've gone to a point where they kind of book themselves. And that was my goal for last year of 2021 was I really want my gigs to book themselves, you know, and I don't have a manager or anything like that. I totally manage all of my stuff. Like you're looking at the manager, (laughs) you know, like I do everything. So it is a lot, but I really love what I do and I take pride in it. And, um, my next goal now is, uh, now that the gigs book themselves is to focus more on recording because a lot of people at my gigs are like, okay, well, can we hear you on Spotify? Can we hear you on Apple music? Like YouTube, what, you know? And the thing is, is like, I struggled with finding my sound for a really long time. And now that I have finally found, um, folks that have helped me find my sound, Mm -hmm. uh, it's really, really great to be introduced to the recording world because I'm really excited to finally be releasing my own music this year (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. so your songwriting how does that go songwriting um i've been songwriting for a really long time uh (laughs) i actually released like this one song it was called you know (laughs) i was like 12 (laughs) i was definitely 12 was you know so embarrassing what was it about um a boy <laughs> that I dated in middle school and he was like a few years older than me and it was about how like he lived in town and like I, he started dating the girl in town I remember that was like a lyric it was like she lives in town or something like it was just it was so cringy and you know something that a 12 year old would write about but um no I um I released it and that's like that's the scary part because it was up until like last year that I had to beg my mom to take it off. I was like, please. She was like, oh, but it helps like your page. Like the, you have so many views on. I'm like, I do not care at this point. Like I won't create new views. Like that's so embarrassing. But, so we'll never get to hear it, you know. I hope not because I'm still worried about the people that did support me then that bought it. Like, is it still on their phone? Like, I, I don't know. I wonder about that sometimes. <laughs> Okay, so that was probably your worst song written. What what was your favorite song that you wrote? So acoustically, would probably be um, a guy like you, because it's a really well written song in my opinion, and it's a really happy song. Because I normally write, I I love breakup songs. <laughs> like I I really do well with writing breakup songs, and um, but acoustically, it would be a guy like you. Or my other song called Fantasy, because I feel like both of those songs are just uh, stylistically very different, and they're both really well-written. And um, one of them, Fantasies, a true experience, a guy like you, is not so true, but it's kind of fluffed up and spiced up a little bit. But that's, you know, being creative, and that's part of songwriting. You can make it what it is. 
So we actually have a video of you performing that I would like to watch. And it looks like that you were actually on the side of the road. Where was you at? So that video that you're talking about is at Hunt's Oyster Bar in St. Andrews, uh, in uh, Panama City, St. Andrews area. It is on the side of the road, and um, I love it, though. It's a really, really awesome atmosphere. I've only played there twice now, but I have been scheduled to play there throughout the summer, every Thursday starting March. Um, but it is on the side of the road, and it it's a little difficult sometimes to hear yourself, but um, it works out, and I have a really great PA system. I'm really thankful for that. And what's cool about that venue is they actually have – like this mini wooden stage set up. It's almost like a platform for the artists and for the musicians to sit on. So you're able to be away in your own area and you're not right on top of the people that are in the waiting area. Okay. All right. Well, hey, let's take a look at it. So what's your process for writing? For writing, I usually it's it's always really unexpected just because I feel like whenever I tend to write from experiences and what if you're going through that experience and you're writing about it, then it's very real and it's happening and it seems to flow a lot better. But even if you're not going through an experience and you tend to write about something, I feel like... Uh, it can be difficult, but it really just depends on what you want to write about. But me personally, I like writing about experiences. Um, I don't really have a specific um, schedule or anything that I follow whenever I go to songwrite. I just feel like it kind of, when it comes to you, it comes to you. Like sometimes I'll be, you know, riding around in my car or listening to the radio or listening to something that somebody else said or listening to a podcast, you know, and something that somebody says really sticks out to you. And I'll write it down or write it down in a version that sticks to me in my own version and kind of pick up back on stuff that I've written in the past and I'll pick up back on it. Like I recently, one of the songs that I recently just recorded called Lost Cause, I wrote that chorus in a hotel room in Michigan, which was really cool. And um, that song specifically, I was going through, I was really just feeling my emotions. And my best friend was asleep in the bed next to me. And I was like sitting there like recording on my phone, <laughs> like trying to like not be loud and wake her up. But like, I had to like remember the melody, obviously of how it went. And um, that was a song that I had came back to and wrote around it and then I found a beat for it and yeah okay. I felt like it kind of wrote itself in that way okay so if you could write with anybody who would it be honestly probably Taylor Swift Taylor Swift I love her why I, Taylor Swift I've been such a Taylor fan since I was so young like her the first song I ever learned how to sing and play at the same time, strumming and singing at the same time, was a Taylor Swift song, Jump Then Fall. And 
ever since. And her songs were just easier to play. And not only that, but she only used like a few chords. And the stuff she was writing about was just so relatable to like... 12-year-old book, <laughs> like 12, 13-year-old, you know, like everything that she wrote was so relatable. And I just, I am so inspired by her and especially with all of her um, achievements with like re-releasing Red, Taylor's version yeah. and all of that. I just, it's really awesome watching her career grow, but I would definitely love to write with her one day. I think that would be so incredible. Okay. If you could lay top three, who's your top three artists, favorite artists? So I listen to all kinds of music. Um, right now, I don't really have like a favorite, like an all-time favorite. But um, right now, I would say top currently three. top three would be Halsey. Hmm. This is so difficult. Halsey, Jack Harlow. Okay. And Olivia O'Brien. Okay. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? 10 years from now, I want to be on a world tour of my own and be selling out seats worldwide. Okay, what's that world tour going to be called? Haven't thought about it. Well, uh, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> I haven't really done a whole lot of thought. I'm sure I'll have like a team of people behind me, hopefully by then, to help pick my brain and find something, but, uh, haven't put a whole lot of thought into that, but we'll get, we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> so if you could, if you could talk to your fans and tell them, you know, how much they mean to you at anything, what would you tell your fans right now? I would say that, um, I'm very extremely, extremely grateful for all of the support over the years and those who have constantly believed in me. I, definitely see all of it and it definitely does not go unnoticed and i really appreciate it and i'm gonna make the a50 proud and continue to i can't wait to see um what the future holds so thank you i'm very very grateful because if it wasn't for you guys i wouldn't have an audience at my show so thanks for doing your part too so what would you say to a young aspiring artist right now i would say Keep grinding. Don't let the haters get you down. Um, they hate you because they ain't you. And no matter what, just if it makes you happy at the end of the day, if music is something that has always made you happy and you know that, then it's definitely for you and that there's definitely a place in the music world for you. And like, you know, maybe if you're not cut out for singing or you don't have the best voice, just know that like, Music is so much more beyond that. And mu music is the universal language. And I will preach that until the day I die. So definitely stick to it if it's something that you're passionate about. And always speak from the heart. Well, Brooke, we got you a little going away present. We got you a lovely <laughs> Southern Lights t-shirt, baby blue. For those who have not seen the new t-shirt, Brooke, love there you that. go. Nice going away present for Brooke Washer. Ladies and gentlemen, we look, we appreciate you coming. It has been an honor. I have been honored to get to work with you in the past. I hope that I get to work with you again in the future. You're a blessing. You're an inspiration. And I'm so thankful for you to be a part of this and to let these guys get to know Brooke a little better. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I really have enjoyed my time being here and you asked some really, really great questions. Yeah. And we will definitely be working together in the future for sure.
Well, Brooke, it's been real. We appreciate you coming. That's going to wrap today's episode up. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. And please tune in next week as we'll have another very special guest. Brooke, thank you. And you guys, have a great night.